From the SWC Plus, this is the Showrunners Podcast, a monthly show dedicated to genre, mostly Star Wars, TV, film, and pop culture. I'm Mark. I'm Kyle. I'm Tim. And I'm Rob Guest. We're back. <laughs> Why do I say my last name? Because <laughs> <laughs> there are so many Robs. There is. The it's, Rob Public. It's, it's, it's only public. appropriate. I only know you as Rob Cast. But, uh, so, yeah. I think I brought it up last time. I, I actually checked it out. There are a couple Rob Cast pod, podcasts out there. I think you have some infringement claims that you. I think I. Yeah, I think I. I'd, I'd, I'd lawyer up and. Uh, we should get the legal team on it yeah. immediately. Yeah. This whole time, I thought your name was Rob Cast. Like the first name was just Rob Cast. That's Rob Cast. <laughs> I'm right there with you, man. That's <laughs> yeah. what I thought too. No hyphen. <laughs> what do you want to like share or? You're, you're <laughs> or always Pokeru or Madonna. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever I reference you, Rob, it's always Mr. Cast. Yes. Uh, Lisa says, "Who are you podcasting?" Oh, Mr. Cast. Man, I don't know how that happened because I don't have respect for anybody else in the world. I don't. You? And Lisa's like, <laughs> Lisa always replies heavy on the mister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Where are we going are we here, doing, folks? Boys? Oh, boy. All good here, man. All good. It's not, nice to see you. Nice to hear you as well, Kyle. I hear these other two <clears throat> very, very frequently. Yes. <laughs> You've been off the radar for a bit, mate. I Yeah, been off the radar for a little bit, um, you know podcast is still on hiatus but not for much longer that's coming back real real soon um and also just sort of pulled back the reins a little on social media it's just been such a gong show that uh is, is this really worth my time is kind of what i'm asking myself a lot more these days so i have curated my timeline to a degree that i never have before it's really been cinched down to just the people i want to hear from and i spend way less time than I used to there. Like you have to, you, you still have to live on Twitter to get any traction on it. And to, to, to expose, for me personally speaking, to expose myself to that gutter <laughs> of Twitter and social media, <laughs> it was just no longer worth that much uh, time for me. So I just peeled it back. That's it. I, I'll go on when I go on. That's it. So if, if you know, if you used to follow me on Twitter, or you, st you still do, you probably notice I'm way down way down with, with tweet frequency and interactions, all that stuff. And I'm fine with that right now. Um, but otherwise, you know, still kicking it in the Facebook group and uh, looking forward to firing up Tumbling Saber very, 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 very soon. I like <laughs> the sounds of that. Yeah. On, well, stuff. on that note, when uh, one door opens, another one closes. <laughs> Slams shut. Yes. The, um, I... Um, I do a weekly podcast, not Star Wars or anything or, or DC or Marvel related or anything really. Uh, I do a, like a bro cast with my buddy, uh, Roman LeBeau. We are celebrating uh, our fifth anniversary in two days. We'll be five years on the air and we've never missed a week. Tomorrow we're recording our final episode and we're going on hiatus. We're looking at maybe taking the summer off. But I don't know if any of you have ever quit the gym before and <laughs> if any of you have tried to go back, especially at my age, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I, we, we're not making any promises when we're coming back. So we're, we're really, in, we're going to enjoy this last episode that comes out. It's probably out already by the time you're listening to this. So, you know, it's, uh, we're really proud of what we've done. We, uh, everybody on this, on this podcast knows what it's like the grind every week and I, I hate saying oh well you know we need a break it's hard it's like no because it's not hard for roman and i to get together and 
talk for half an hour. You know what I mean, it's probably harder for people to listen to us talk for half an hour. You know what I mean? So it's, uh, we were really, really proud of when we release Wednesdays at 3 p.m. Eastern and here in Canada and around the world. Well, you know, around the world, but it's 3 p.m. Eastern when I'm, when it goes on live. So we're really happy that when people get in their vehicles to go to work Thursday morning, that the Roman podcast is there. And we're really appreciative of everybody and all the support, including all three of you guys. Like it's, that's how I met Mark. And then that's how that turned into tumbling saber and the nerd room and not that's the Roman podcast for me started. It was my start in this and uh, it's going to be, we're excited because it's like, Oh my God, I'm going to have my Monday nights off because Roman and I don't have the same weekends. Right. We're like his weekend is, is Monday to Thursday and I have a regular weekend. So it, even recording is, is a grind. So it's, it's nice that we can stop that five year streak. It's going to be very weird to watch that next week go by without an episode, but I I'll be, I'm okay with, at least we're doing it on our own terms. Nothing tragic. Roman, again, Roman and I are not breaking up. We're mom and dad still love each other. We're just seeing other people. <laughs> just, you're just you're just leaving all these relationships just in tatters behind you, Mr. Cast. Well just, you're just cutting a swathe through the world. Uh, Scorched I, earth. I, yes, I have a pattern. I'm my, so use and abuse. Yes, exactly. But no, it's uh it's it's really nice that we can we can do this. And again, we're not saying never say forever, but you I mean we're gonna enjoy this this walk away because you know it's You've earned it. It. Mm-hmm. it well and again, you guys know what it's like. So also, too, the um, how do I say this? When when we do, you know what it's like to have that thing every week. And now I get to concentrate on this show. I get to concentrate on the uh, SWC Plus Roundtable, which is and it's Roman and I. It's I'll miss talking to my buddy every week. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's gonna be me. You know, but I have a nice five year streak. And once that's over, it's like, okay, we can get so back to the thing. I do submit that you can always still talk to Roman, just not record it. Yeah, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we did that a couple of times, I think, guys, didn't we? Yeah, we yeah, did. It's very that weird, though. Without pressing record, it's too weird. That's why this show came about. <laughs> that is just, Wait, have a conversation an and concept. not post it to the web? What? I know. It's, it's, it's bizarre. It's unheard of. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, Roman, we're, again, we're not, nobody's mad at each other. Nobody's, it's just, it's really nice for us to be able to, to walk away at, at uh, the point where we are. And, uh, and we love being in people's ears and sending out Christmas cards. And, and yeah, yeah, I hope I still get my Christmas card every year. No, <laughs> I can send you one of me. <laughs> I, hey, I'll take it, man. Do you want a showrunner's oh. Christmas card? <laughs> I want, so I want a Christmas those, card. <laughs> that's what I hope it's not a tasteful one. <laughs> Yeah, it's one of your own it's, specific brand. Yeah, it's just become a an expectation. It's become a tradition. I think last four years I've gotten one. Yeah, and, I, and are, I keep them. I keep them. They're collectibles to me. Uh, there are there are some people in the five. There are five that are out that from the oh, from I have day one. All of them, I think. Yeah. And there yeah, are I people in the five card club Ooh. that have been with us since Ooh. the beginning. And again, we. Yeah, it's it's pretty exciting. Put <laughs> an eBay eBay uh, safe search on for those going up. Well, we both we both signed it, and again, I don't know if you have Netflix and you've seen Roman. I mean, hey, it's is. I'm sure we 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 will not discuss that here, but there's a few things that are just outstandingly awesome, and it's uh. But yeah, so we're we're all good. Everything's good here. It's awesome. Um, how, how are you? 
I'm looking forward to you ramping up the Star Wars content again, Rob. I, I'm looking forward to seeing where this goes. I, I'm looking. You. I'm not promising on more episodes because Roundtable is a monthly show, and it's because I rely on everybody else in the Star Wars universe around me to do that show. I never do it by myself. But I am looking forward to putting in more time. And, um, you know, you guys know the behind this. We're all the, the quote-unquote showrunners. Uh, you know, the the show notes and and all this you know like the, the production um maybe the extra stuff oh roman's chiming in he says i can still find you winky face he's listening <laughs> see <laughs> hi roman <laughs> see we're still can run we're, i'm just telling run. them roman we're not we're not breaking up we're just we're seeing other people it, it doesn't sound that amicable <laughs> isn't it weird that he's that we're we're recording we're going on hiatus and he and, and he's watching me he's like, he's like with other ex. people. Like he's, like, he's like the ex that looks in through the window just to make sure you're not with anybody else. Guess yeah. what, Roman? Yeah. <laughs> he's with the three of us. Yeah, exactly. Roman's not enough for my podcast appetite. What, what, what was the <laughs> podcast name we threw out there right before we recorded? The should Robcast. We, we mention it again or the no, no, the, the, no. Uh, no, 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 we'll, no, we'll leave that one. Yeah, leave it on the ground. Yeah, we'll leave that one in the special features yeah, car. We are live. Yeah, don't, don't we pick it up. Live. Wait, what? <laughs> right, so just to quickly take stock, Kyle, hiatus, on your way back. Rob, divorcing yet another podcast partner and doing something more selfish. And Tim, <laughs> you've become more and more prolific. Yeah, we, uh, we've gone on a bit of a run here in the last little bit in the nerd room, it's been a, there's been a gluttony of, of nerd culture that has been all over the place, whether it's stars, Marvel, DC, and we've embraced that and consumed and I've been doing podcasts like crazy to the point where we had to consciously put on the brakes and say, okay, look, we have to hold some of this stuff back. Cause there's just too much stuff in the feed. And a lot of it was the build up to Falcon Winter Soldier, WandaVision, Justice League, Zack Snyder's Justice League, it's it's all kind of come at the same time. And we've really fallen in love with live streaming. So we've been doing Friday night live streams once a month. We've been doing bonus episodes. Troy and Carlos spun out a, a secondary podcast called The Nerd Room Arcade, where they're talking video games. They're two passionate video game players, and they love the topic. And we never really could find the room for it on the main show. And so they spun that out as kind of just a mini one-hit cast once in a while. Uh, they use a small app called Stereo, where they just kind of go live on their phones, and then we translate that over onto the feed as well. So they've been having a blast with that. And everyone's just exploring new things. Sunjay's in the background here putting together a small YouTube show as well that we're trying to revive our YouTube channel, just have a bit more content beyond the live streams. And so there's a lot going on in the Nerd Room. We've ramped up to the point almost accidentally to be honest with you, none of this was really on purpose. It's just the content and, and doing things like commentaries and that also, it's just all hit this nice little pace within the nerd world. And we've matched that pace with our podcasting. And we're, to be honest with you, we're doing it because we love it and we have a ton of fun with it. And because of circumstance that all of us are still in, you know, I know it is getting better elsewhere, but we found this as a nice little escapism, a nice little relief for ourselves. And we're happy that people are able to, to join along in the live streams and join along on the podcasts. Even some of them are, are longer podcasts because we have the time and we enjoy talking about it. And so we're glad that we're able to have that time for ourselves, but also that other people are able to enjoy it as well. 
So yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> I, I got That's a question nice as well. Tim, as, sure. you know, one show running to another. Uh, I, I got to ask you, the pandemic, as, as crappy as this whole thing is, has this in a way, and I'm not saying this isn't a blessing in any way, but for you as a podcaster, has the pandemic, you know, making sure that everybody's podcasting from home, has that freed up enough time for everybody to say, well, I, you know, I don't have to drive anywhere. I don't have to go to Tim's house to record. Just do it here. So let's, yeah, sure. We can do more recording. So I don't have to, I don't have to uh, displace myself to do it. Yeah, has, that, has that played into your ramping up of content? For sure. Look, we, we used to record in person and it was about a year ago around this time when we put a slam the brakes on it along with the rest of the world and said, we'll try remote. And we had done one or two remotes just because of logistics in the past, but we went through a phase of using Skype and Ecamm using Zoom. And now we're on to this new program called Riverside.fm, which is absolutely the thing that people need to be doing for remote podcasts and report re records local. And then you're able to take all those local recordings, smash them together. And they're just beautiful sounding like our sound difference from a year to now is exponentially better. But yeah, to your point about the travel time, the guys, you know, varying travel times between 20 minutes, half an hour. And then you add in, in fact, they're in snow and all that kind of crap for about six months of the year here in Calgary. And the guys are upwards of an hour, say round trip commute time to get here and back. And it's usually in and around, most of us have young children that it is sleep time. And so what this has allowed us to do is be a bit more flexible with start time. You know, sometimes we start at 7.30, sometimes we start at nine just because of kids or whatever, but we're able to sit down and go at it. And the live streams too, it's the same thing as we book it, we come down, boom, you're on. It's, it takes 30 seconds to get fired up and it allows us to do more content because like you said, we take out that commute time. We take out the time that you're infringing on your family more too. Cause that's something that we're always conscious of as showrunners and all that. And as podcasters is that this is a hobby, but the infringement on family time has to be considered as well because of a hobby. You know, I don't go out and golf or anything like that, but I do consider this to be my golf, if you want to call it that. And so there's always kind of that, that balance too with family life. And so, yeah, I think the pandemic itself has lended it to a, a swift evolution of how we podcast. And at the back end of it, I find that we're probably in a better spot than they were a year ago, just because, I think recording remotely is super feasible. I've been working from home for a year, but I think it's, it's allowed us to, you know, flex the time a little bit and timing is, is always such a huge part about podcasting. So, yeah. And I don't think to be honest with you, when all this stuff is done, if it ever finishes, I don't think we'll ever go back to in person recording just because of the convenience that this lends us. Mm -hmm. on, on that note, um, and Kyle, you know, cause you, you always record remotely. Because I don't think if you depended on Corey showing up at your place oh, God. on time or even driving there. <laughs> yeah. On a Sunday we, recorded, we, we recorded in person once, Corey and I. Yeah. Once in like episode 10. Was that on the boat? <laughs> I can't remember. No. There was, God, there was no, lots of <laughs> no. Christ. <laughs> so, but I, if you guys noticed, and Mark, you did the same thing with uh, Talk Star Wars. Roman and I, when we, when we start in that month, we're breaking up tomorrow anyway <laughs> so but when we when, when the pandemic hit we started this live stream stuff i it, it, the podcast again this is appropriate because this is the showrunner podcast it 
when people start talking, I want to start a podcast. I want to do uh, a teaser clip. I want to do a live stream. I want to do something like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like we started by figuring out how to get it on iTunes. We recorded four episodes, four weeks in a row before I released anything, knowing that, no, let's just see if we're going to commit to this before, before we get going. And then all this other stuff came in eventually. And then, well, we recorded remotely since I think episode 30 or something we haven't recorded in person and it's been that's hugely responsible for that five-year streak i mean because mm. if we didn't there's no way and now i live four four hours away five hours away from and when the pandemic hit we eventually because we're recording remotely and then i'm like hmm i talked to the the rogue squadron guys cody and uh well mostly cody and mopar and i'm like how do you guys do in your live streams and then i said because it was a, they have a Star Wars thing, but they're two bros hanging out. I'm like, yeah, we got a similar show, but we won't, it's not like we're like, we want to steal your idea. It's like, no, I want to steal what you're doing, but we're not the same, right? We don't live in the same neighborhood. So we started this live stream. And then once the pandemic hit, we already had almost a year of live streaming on our belts. And everybody was like, how are you doing what you're doing? Because we don't know, like we record in person. We are, how are, how are you going? Everybody's live on Facebook now what's this restreaming stuff? What's this? And it's not like we were pioneers. It's not like we were Christopher Columbus on the, the shores on the Mayflower coming in the restreaming. It's like, we didn't make it up, but we, because of the nature of our show, we just eventually evolved into it. And then now we're, well, we're live streaming now. Cause for me, it's like, Oh, a few extra clicks, extra graphic, boom, 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 way we go. But there, when you go through your feed, how many how many live streams do you see? Like, yeah, there's there's so much out there now, and I think it's a result of the pandemic yeah. and podcasting. Things like Riverside FM, Streamyard have become really big, just in the last six months, where I've seen a lot of people migrate over to these sort of functional podcasting sites. Where you know we've been talking about for years, like what if we what if you just invented it like a Zoom for podcasters? right? That had mm. high quality audio that live stream that did all this. And people went and did that. And it was because podcasting, at least the act of it, maybe not the listening of it, but the act of it went way up because it was one of those few things you could do that everyone was doing during the pandemic. And you just need to get a good microphone off Amazon, which you could have in two days and an idea concept and boom, you're, you're podcasting, right? It's not, it's not a difficult thing. It's a barrier for entry for podcasting is nothing. Like you have it's to have an Amazon account. Sort of That's something, Mark, what do you, what do you think about, I was, I was thinking, I don't know if we were talking about this before. I think we talked off mic when I, cause I had to make a new feed when, when, uh, Rob Wade and I broke up and I ended up <laughs> jumping off the talk Star Wars feed. He got, he got custody of the feed. I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. But, and I, and I was saying he got the feed. So I was like, and I, is the barrier of entry to, is the bar almost too low now? I'm not saying it's great that there's so much out there, but it's like, it's almost compared to five years ago when all of us were starting or, or newborn podcasts, yeah. there wasn't, I, I was having thoughts like, I wish I could go into a store and buy the podcast kit with the little mixer and the microphone. I, we had to cobble all our stuff together where there was none of that. I you wish, can now on Amazon. Yeah. It's like yeah. you buy a mic and it's like, here, you need this, you need this, you yeah. need this, all you recommended. It's like, you're done. You're good to go. Yeah. So yeah. that's what I mean. But and also when I started the new feed, I'm like, oh my God, I haven't done this in five years. And that and I was like, oh, click, click, click. Oh, oh wow, that was I'm done. Like it's is the is is the barrier like is it almost too are we getting too many 
five episode podcast and then fade like maybe but i mean we were just talking before we went live that it right now the problem is the pros are coming down they're stepping down into Mm -hmm. our area so you you're getting the politicians and you're getting the tv stars and the the movie stars (laughs) everybody's got a podcast they're really highly produced they've got researchers and they've They've got all these resources that we didn't have. We're homebrew, punk rock. That's what we. That's where we came from, and we did make it all up as we went. And now it probably is a lot easier for people to step into it. But they're not going to have a show every week for five years. It's unlikely because mm-hmm. it's too easy to get involved and then back away from it. Mm-hmm. And when that's- we were starting, we we all started our shows trying to build a brand and build a, a sort of cohesive network that we that we cobbled together with the Commonwealth. It was the idea that we would all support each other and share each other's shows with each other's audiences. And that, you know, if someone starts a podcast now with their cheek mic that they've got in two days, they might not be doing it in a month's time mm-hmm. because it is, too, it is too easy to get yourself set up and it doesn't require the discipline to really manage it yeah. the way we did at the start. Mm-hmm. And but the, the real threat, I think, comes from above as they yeah. step down their game to the pod, podcast. I thought you were talking about me above. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, t- yeah, I, yeah, that, the, that brings the, me back to that brings me back to what Tim you were saying before, because you were saying about how all of a sudden all this nerd stuff is happening, and the nerd room is just the perfect fit for all this nerd culture. And you're rising, rising, rising. It's so what I heard was you were slogging through the M. See you stuff and finally got the Justice League. Finally, finally, finally okay, Justice League. Okay, delivered. good, good. Anyway, <laughs> I'll shut up now. <laughs> hey, man. Hey, if you go over to the, the normal feed, we're going to chat about it a little bit today, I think. Okay, good. But I uh, I quite enjoyed Zack Snyder's Justice League. As, uh, as much as the I know. two years might have said I wouldn't, I really enjoyed it. We'll get into that later well, in the episode. We'll, it, we will. It's on, it's on our show notes to get to um, towards the end because I think I'm probably going to step away during that conversation largely because i haven't seen it <laughs> it's not easy to see in the uk especially if you're not yeah. all that interested um well, and i'm not well so, mark i did see a guy on daily mail uh, uk uh, there, there was some crazy guy wearing a sandwich board saying down with the Zack snyder cut was that you that, no 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 okay okay <laughs> it might it might have been <laughs> I do just wear that out when I'm walking the dog. Ah, the there we go. Now we're getting There's somewhere. the advantage my pro. The, the end is the high stream. <laughs> Ironically, you stole um, that from the Watchmen when, uh, <laughs> when, when. Yeah, I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we're gonna. So the 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 Snyder Cut is on the agenda mm-hmm. for this episode, but I probably won't be a part of it. Um, but we'll see how we go. Uh, that'll mostly be due to time, I would think. But listen, last episode we reached out or that our pilot episode we reached out before we recorded and spoke to one of our mutual friends a very supportive listener from back in the day uh, daniel thorpe and asked him if he would kick in a question the idea of this podcast like most most of our shows have been in the past is to try and engage the listening community with what we're doing so that we have a little interaction backwards and forwards and um we reached out to Daniel and said, could you get the ball, ball rolling for us? Could you throw us a question that we can sort of kick around and, and, and like Carl's on the saying, kick can down the road about whatever crosses your mind. That's Daniel Thorpe's question. And I'd like to just say now, if, if you're out there and you want to get involved in this stuff with us for future episodes, then email us. The email address is showrunnerspodcast at gmail.com. 
And if you go to Showrunners Pod on Twitter, you'll find contact details for all of us. You can DM us there. Rob, I think you have comments running on this live stream, don't you? So people can yeah. interact with us yeah, yeah. as we're as we're recording. I think right now. I so, think if you guys on if you guys shared mine, you'll have to keep an eye on your on your streams because I, I don't I won't see when somebody comments on say Kyle's Facebook sure. thing, right? Sure. I've got my notifications on, so the um on silent, of course. Yes. I, I've turned off all my yeah. hacking software, so I can't see anybody whatever else is talking about. For just for the okay, show, because well, it's you know if we have anything come through um whilst we're recording, we'll address it. But last last time, uh a little over a month ago, Daniel sent us this message. Uh, he said, I love soundtracks, uh, movie soundtracks. So I would be interested to know your favorite film score and particular piece of music from that score. And we've all, we've all been interested in music from film for a long time. Um, so, guys, let's kick this off. Kyle, do you want to get the ball rolling? I know you're a big soundtrack fan. Aren't yeah, you? no, this... I've always loved soundtracks, of course. Uh, you know, they're kind of like the like the soundtrack of our lives in, in a very real way. I was always super laser focused on uh, John Williams, Star Wars, and then edging out Indiana Jones, Superman. But that was really it. But since you know the the advent of, of you know, YouTube and music streaming, it was so much easier to access everything. Um, now, like the, my. I was like, I try to exclude Star Wars from this conversation because duh. But if I go to another uh, soundtrack that I just love to listen to, it's Back to the Future. It's oh, Alan yeah. Silvestri's score. It's mind bending how great that piece of music is. And just any time you hear it, it just raises the hair on your arm. And I, I you know I remember watching uh, Teen Titans go to the movies, and not even not expecting it. It's a ridiculous cartoon movie but there's a point in the movie where they break out their time cycles and that score swells and it just gets you and like that score that piece of music is just as iconic as anything else that's ever been put out there mm -hmm. i love well, that's, it. that's the power love of love right there really well i was just gonna say man you, you throw in some of the songs and all that yeah. that are included too on top of that score it's unbelievable it's the work that's unbelievable it's it's I, I've always said like that to me. The first Back to the Future movie is a perfect movie. Perfect. Yep. Oh, yeah, yeah, I love it, man. That's it's. My dad would very much agree with you on that one. <laughs> so that's my go-to, um, you know, non-John Williams, non-Star Wars type of soundtrack, Alan Silvestri. And then from there, it's easy to branch into. Oh, I imagine where Tim's gonna go. Yeah, man. Let me tell you, I'm a. I'm a John Williams guy through and through. Everything that he does is pure. Is there is there a hint there, Tim, yeah, of this, what you're? Uh... Okay, I'm wearing a, a little a special yeah, shirt here today, specifically for this question. It's it's the Jurassic Park theme. It it's something that I think as a kid, it was it's the first theme I remember, even before Star Wars, to be honest with you, because I was kind of in that weird gap time when there wasn't a lot of Star Wars. I didn't have it on VHS. It wasn't '95 yet, '96. So it was Jurassic Park. It's like my first love of a film. And that theme song, I know you're all humming in your head right now, but it, it's so iconic to me and what they're able to do that. You have a film like Jurassic Park where the first, in 93, the first time ever they're putting like CGI dinosaurs on the screen. And to this day, it still works. And the score is still one of the things that stands out to me as a child and me as an adult. 
I think that speaks to how good that score is and how iconic it is. Even beyond the main theme and all that, you go into some of the more tenser moments and even some of the more lighthearted moments with the dinosaurs. It that thing is just rolling in my head. I, I I cannot say enough good things about what Williams did in that film. It's an iconic film in itself. The logo, the dinosaurs, but the theme, the score, it all stands out to me. Well said. Was uh, was Vanilla Ice and the Turtles your second? Oh yeah, man. Oh, okay. Your news, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Go ninja, go ninja, go. So you can, can see a couple so, of my shoulder. Yeah, exactly. Just, spoil, was, just spoiled my choice. Yeah, sorry. Um, if if uh, I would not to, I, it's close. Kyle has a Back to the Future. I know I'm the quote unquote DC guy and love Star Wars and all this other stuff. But Back to the Future is my one word answer for what's your favorite movie. So oh, yeah. that's for me. And, and again, I I don't do the Back to the Future cast. I don't. But it was just that's something. I like that score is phenomenal, but just to step aside and go a little bit different again, I don't, it's, it's has to, I know it's John Williams, but it's, it's the, it is the, what Kyle mentioned earlier, the, the Superman sound soundtrack. Mm. Like, and for me, it's, that's probably has a lot to do with the timing of like, like Tim said, the timing of him recognizing an iconic score because he was so young when Jurassic Park came out. Same thing for me when Superman came out. That is every time I'm playing with my friends in the schoolyard and every time you go to lift something, like you have to say that (laughs) to lift something. You know, I do it to this day when I'm by myself. I'm I'm really weird to go to the gym with, by the way. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so for me, again, I don't, I know it's, it's the obvious John Williams, but um, yeah, that's super, it just, it edges out Back to Future by a by a just a little, just because of the age of when it became relevant in my life, and also too, um, I got Adam Sheldon chiming in here on the chat. He says Star Wars Episode Four, of course, Empire Strikes Back, Blade Runner, Interstellar, which is fantastic, too, Pulp Fiction, and oh, and of course, Purple Rain. <laughs> yeah. Of course, yeah. of course, Hello, Purple Adam. Rain. Yeah, it's been a long, long time since I've heard from Adam. Yeah. Nice, well, thank nice you, Adam. watching. Yes. Awesome. And inter- yeah, good, Interstellar, good choices too. All. Yeah, Interstellar is fantastic. Just the uh, – I actually was watching a, like a documentary or an extra or something, and they were saying how it's almost like that church chimes. But the same thing, it's all – everything has to do with time and the way the mm. the way they're, they're – they set up the soundtrack. So it, it kind of – it does – it's more than just – um than just oh here's a piece of music that's going to go on top of this movie it's it's with the movie it's all very it, very it has to be a character in a film now yeah the score like it has yeah. to be i think you, you can't you can't name one of the best movies of all time if anyone to name you could name the score alongside with it, right i don't think those two come without being hand in hand and I, i'm interested yeah, to see what, what, what mark says here about yours what, what's your what's your score man i know star is probably kicking around the top there but yeah, it will be. It will be Star Wars. I've got, I've got to represent the Star Wars um, because you guys have all chosen beautiful scores and, and wonderful choices. And I, I would recommend, actually, if you don't already listen, there's a podcast called The Soundtrack Show, uh, <laughs> which is produced and hosted by David W. Collins, one of my favorite personalities in Star Wars. Absolute superstar. And the, the podcast he throws out is so well produced, so well researched. There isn't a thing this guy doesn't know about scores. And he continually 
blows my mind with some of the reveals. Back to the Future is fantastic, and the Superman score is one of the first, one of the few podcasts I've got saved to my phone permanently because I like to revisit it. I think it's about four part series on the Superman score alone. Oh. Mark, I can oh, I, I can see your age on the camera here. You might want to. <laughs> All right, okay, we'll back that up. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, but um, I recommend that podcast. Check that podcast out. Now, he, I got into David W. Collins' podcasts through a show he did called Star Wars Oxygen with Jimmy Mack back in the day, and he broke down all the Star Wars score, all, all the treatments from John Williams, and they were wonderful and so insightful. And so I'm going to dig back into Star Wars and say that Episode Four. The track from that soundtrack would be Binary Sunset. That, to me, is the pinnacle of movie soundtrack pieces to me. That's the, just that stop in the film, just that moment to take a breath and be with the hero and listen to that score, the melancholy that comes through, the, the wistful nature of Luke as he's staring off at those two sons. Just incredible. And that will always be, I think, for me, my prime choice. Mm-hmm. For a, for a soundtrack, I've heard I've heard other directors talk in um, in commentary saying, "Oh, there's our twin sons moment." That's because it's it's like almost something. It's almost like it's in their their. We're making this movie. We need that moment um, when uh, yeah. when um, when they made the when they rebooted the Star Trek. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and and they're talking. It's like, oh, we need that. And they had Kirk roll up on his motor motorcycle and he looked off at the Enterprise, and they're talking about, oh, there, that's our twin size moment. We got it. We got it. We got it. Yeah, <laughs> in mean, the so, bag. Yeah, that, are yeah, you yeah, saying yeah. that JJ tries to recapture yeah. and replicate things? Yes, and that doesn't sound. No, that doesn't Thousand percent. And this was I being. He was the. I was listening to this he comment. Copied Star Wars. If you were listening to the 2009 Star Trek commentary you hear jj make all the star wars stuff and he's not assigned to force awakens yet it's really it's 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 almost what it, it was almost like self, that uh, that star trek reboot was almost like prophecy. an audition to redo star wars yeah i don't you know the star wars was not even but no it's exactly. almost like well i'm never going to get to make star wars but i can do star trek into star wars and here's how i do it and then lo and behold five years later you know and we watched the, uh, the Star Trek rebooted movies last summer. When you watch uh, those movies, the JJ ones particularly, uh, and then watch TFA, you can tell it's the same guy and the same cinematographer. It's exactly the same look. It's crazy. Yes, but even with the uh, with the lens, the lens flare, the, the, the lens flare, the color grading. <laughs> it's it's the same. It's the same guy, the same aesthetic, the same yeah. look. That everything is, it's signature JJ, and I think Dan Mindell is is his cinematographer. It's it's those yeah. guys. It's they're a package. <laughs> and also, if you see Greg, what's his last name? Greg. Uh, yeah, if you see him, if you see Rundberg. him around, it's yeah. a JJ movie. It's a JJ. Mission, yeah. Mission Impossible Three. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm not saying he's getting a kickback, JJ. <laughs> Uh, 25% straight off the top of Greg's, uh, you know, you know, what's remarkable. Sorry. Um, just about all these, uh, key soundtrack things that we've just mentioned, the age at which the composer was when he made them, like John Williams was mm -hmm. mid forties when he did it. Um, Alan Silvestri, I think was in his mid or early thirties when he did that back to the future cue, which is just stupid. That, that seems like the work of a guy who's been at it forever, but he was relatively mm -hmm. new to the scene. 
Yeah. Well, it's it's interesting you say that too because all of these films that we're talking about too are '80s and early '90s films, right? And '70s, even in the case, late '70s with the Superman score. And so, it is is there the same sort? I guess Interstellar is thrown out there, but the same sort of iconic Williams-esque scores in films. I'm, today. I'm sure there is. I'm sure in ten years we'll hear we'll hear a thirty year old talk talk whimsically about the Harry Potter scores. It's well, just then, it it just it didn't hit us. It you, just you go, it's part of our DNA, right? Yeah. Like, you go to the Avengers, specifically Endgame, right? It's the same score as in Avengers one in 2012, but it took almost you know another six seven years for it to become at least in my mind iconic. Like I find yeah. that it it doesn't it doesn't hit you the same way as the Star Wars score does, or Back to the Future, or Jurassic Park on initial viewing. But by the time you're at Endgame, you're like you know you know you can hear that right. Everyone can hear that now, but it took a while, I think, for that to actually evolve into what you consider a modern day iconic. I think the Avengers theme is going to be there when it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. But you know what Marvel has that nobody else does anymore? So, you know, when you hear the 20th Century Fox thing, they're not done. They're not done. Everybody knows. Regardless of what movie is playing, you think Star Wars is coming on. That's how tied at the hip those two things (laughs) were together. So Star Wars had that attached to it. That's what was part of the experience. So much so that when Disney bought Lucasfilm, but are we going to get the 20th Century Fox thing? Uh, no, and it got <laughs> dropped and people were mad. But what Marvel has now is that little stinger at the beginning of any of their shows or movies. Mm-hmm. And that... The colophon. Yeah, that thing is such an earworm. And that is... If it's not iconic already, it's going to be. It's going to be one of those... Well, that's going to be... That's our mm-hmm. modern uh, 20th Century Fox thing. Well, every Friday when you tune into either WandaVision or Falcon Winter Soldier, I agree with you. I see that logo come up and I hear that song and I get giddy. Okay, here we go. Right? It's, yeah. It's so cool. That's what I'm doing this evening. Yeah, by me the too. Way. Yeah. yeah. It's, I've already done the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. <laughs> There's a couple. Uh, Adam's chiming in again here. Tron Legacy by Daft Punk was amazing. Um, oh, what is epic? What a track. He says, what an album. He says, Kyle's mustache needs its own soundtrack. This is the, no, it's just yeah. it's, it's just Greybeard. I would. Oh, it's Gray. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Adam, and, uh, I wouldn't do a. Mu- I thought we. I thought we knew each other better than that. I wouldn't do a mustache. Yeah, he agree. He agrees. <laughs> uh, agreed. Avengers Marvel theme and uh, and uh, Connor's uh, chiming in. And the Man of Steel uh, is up there. Oh, to be yeah to to throw some uh, some praise on that. That theme is incredible. Mm. They use it a couple of times in Justice League, and it's yes. like it, it dings at the right moments. And there's something about how it was used in the first trailers too. So good. What about the, what about the, is that Zimmer? Zimmer. Yeah. Yeah. What about the, uh, the, this weird, in the multi universe that we live in, like when we revisited our, our OT characters in, in the, in the sequel trilogy for star Wars, and you can hit Luke's theme, Leia's theme, mm-hmm. binary sunset and Trinkley's in. And the same thing with justice league where it's like, you can hit, Wonder Woman's for good or better or worse, and then your Superman. You know when it's like it's almost like when the when the character, it's almost like the sitcom when the celebrity walks on stage for the and they're the TGIF Friday's sitcom yeah, show and, it's, and everybody claps yeah. for 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 five minutes. That's they get their own little theme. So it's in these multi universes that we live in now, and especially MCU, like you know you know when Cap's around, you know when mm-hmm. you know, like. Iron Man. It's yeah, exactly. it's 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 become like I said, part of the character. It's so ingrained in the DNA of of the watching and the visual and audio experience of it. And it took me a long time to appreciate that, to be honest with you. When I was a visual kid growing up and 
it wasn't until I was quite a bit older when I was like, yeah, like you can close your eyes and see this stuff because of the score. Yeah. Connor McGlone is also saying uh, 2049 soundtrack deserves a mention. It's beautiful. So two things I want to just, before we move on real quick, I, I, you know, your mustache. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Mustache you a question. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> uh, no, just because of the, you know, when you're the guy that comes after the guy. So if you're, uh, Ludwig Gornson and you're coming to Star Wars with a, your own soundtrack and you come out with the soundtrack for Mandalorian Yay. way to go dude yeah. home absolute, run mm-hmm. for being stylistically so different yet it fits and it's mm-hmm. iconic immediately boom so he a great A yeah. for him also just I want to give a, yeah. totally a little original. bit of love to Oingo Boingo lead man Danny Elfman which I didn't know until like months a few months ago but Batman 89 was his thing Mm-hmm. iconic yeah. also the simpsons score yeah oh, really? like yeah danny so elfman can eat out th- for the rest of his life on the strength of a 30 second cartoon intro but yet he's got mm-hmm. he's got this massive <laughs> body of work behind him danny elfman like we, i don't think he gets enough love uh for the contribution yeah the voice of jack and, skellington that's right. as well that's right? right the singing voice of jack skellington and he can eat and he's his He's not my favorite, but he's the, he's very, he can come up with a new piece tomorrow and I'll know he wrote it. Mm-hmm. Like it has, yeah. you can, you can smell his fingerprints all over his stuff. Like it's his, like it's so distinctive. You know I mean, and again, it's, it, it's, he, you just know it's his, like there's no, oh, I know uh, Adam and Connor are discussing having chats in our, <laughs> <laughs> That's, it's good to connect. Talk to amongst yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Daniel. Thank you. Absolutely. I hope that those answers sort of subvert your expectations. Maybe not with mine because Star Wars all the way, but um, yeah, a really excellent and thoughtful question. Thank you so much. And guys, thank you for taking the time to share your thoughts with Daniel over that. And Daniel did follow up this question after we released the pilot episode, episode zero, the showrunners podcast. Uh, Daniel did send a message saying, excellent pilot. I was truly surprised to be mentioned in the mess about the message that he sent me way back. Go back to episode zero and you'll hear the story I tell about when I quit talk Star Wars and went away. I got a lovely message from Daniel um, and he follows it up with, it's great to hear your podcast again. Have a great day. So thank you, Daniel. Very thoughtful as always. Uh, superb, superb gentleman. Right. Chaps. What's next? What's on the, uh, What's on the show notes next? Uh, well, you know, the, the Star Wars machine is starting to heat up, and we got a couple of items that we could pick from there. Um, Bad Batch trailer. Shall we go there? Yeah, let's Oof. do it. So I, 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 let's, let's go there. I mean, I, I, one of the questions I like, always like to kick around first, and when we come back to the to Tumbling Saber, we're going to hit on this again. These, rel- these are relatively new characters for most of us. Some of us had seen the animatic reels from years back, 2014, I think. But for the for all intents and purposes, this is a new group of characters from last year. And what are we looking at this show to do? Like, what questions are we looking for to answer? Not just about this group of clones, but about the galaxy. Who wants to take that one first? Yeah, I can run with that one. We we talked about it a little bit this week on on the Nerd Room, but for me, it's a transition from Clone Army to the army of the empire where you go from having, you know, post order 66, you still have the clone army, right? You still have Tamar Morrison's likeness underneath all those helmets. What happens in that 18 year time span where they transition to 
like a proper army that is sourced by whether it's slavery, whether it's, you know, training or whatever, like where does that transition happen? Cause you know, Tarkin is front and center here in this trailer. And he is the guy, the first guy we see that of any sort of militaristic sort of ranking in a new hope, what, what's going on in that time period. That's what I'm kind of looking forward to this to deliver. Like, I think the, the bad batch crew are going to be a vehicle to deliver a story like this, this transition away. But we've seen a lot explored in this timeline, maybe not as much from the clone side of things, but that's kind of what I'm looking for this to deliver and what I want to see out of it. I want to see that story because we've seen the progression of the rebellion. We've seen even in books, the progression of the empire, but it's kind of that little story in there as to how we get from that army at the end of Revenge of the Sith into what we have in A New Hope. That's what I'm looking forward out of this, at least for a storyline. Do we know how close this is to A New Hope? I think this is right after Revenge of the Sith, is it not? Well, I'm just what um, is interesting to me, I've put a couple of screen grabs in the show notes. Uh, Fennec uh, Shand mm-hmm. is featured, and she's obviously in The Mandalorian five, what, six, seven years after Return of the Jedi. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't look that different here in terms of age. So I would imagine that the period we're dealing with, if it's if it's just after Revenge of the Sith, we're talking 19 years until A New Hope, is Fennec Shan going to be 25 years older in The Mandalorian than she is in I this think so. show? Mm-hmm. Is that right? Because it, it just seems to me like maybe we're a little bit closer to A New Hope than... Well, he's, he, in the, I think there was, um, I don't know if it's in the subtitles or not, or if I'm just inventing this, but I think either Tarkin was addressed as Admiral Tarkin or this, so he's, he's not Admiral, even yeah. a moth yet. He's still Admiral as he was in Clone Wars. No. Um, so I think, you know, that's one indication of where we're at. The other, you know, they said the Clone Wars are over. Um, and it, all the icon iconography is still very Clone Wars esque. So I don't think yeah. we've stepped too far beyond, um, just you know the edges of season seven of clone wars and we see rex still in all his clone gear yeah so to me that's that's another signal to me that this is this is right after the almost like the aftermath of um the show at least you know i you know when they drop this show on may 4th with the 70 minute special i almost feel like that will be almost like a mini movie unto itself where it will take place right after season seven of clone wars rex might be in that episode and then by episode two, I could I can imagine a time jump of a couple of years where they've been the bad batch have been cut off and they've been drifting mm. for a couple of years. So um, I, I don't know. Obviously, we don't know yet, but I feel like we're going to go through a bit of a journey over time in this series. For yeah. for me, this one isn't. Um, I love Star Wars and everything about it, but it's not what I'm, I'm not looking, I'm actually just not looking forward to it. Again, I'm not, I hope it's fantastic and I, I hope I'm wrong. It's just to see the clones, which are by definition clones, and it's like, look how individual we are. It's like, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I get what you're doing and I get it. It's like, oh, there's the Rambo one and there's a, I can see it and, and that's cool. That's, that's fine. It might not be for me. I love connecting the dots, like when we're, going into like the history of star wars i love filling in all those hey there's a little tiny spot between you know i mean uh between revenge of the sith or or and rebels you mean like we got that i love all the 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 shading in every all the all the spots for us 
But also, I think in my mind, the excitement for it suffers because I know we got other stuff coming. When the Clone Wars movie came out, and let's, it wasn't as good as the Clone Wars got. <laughs> you know, when the original Clone Wars movie came out, but I, I took it. I was like, oh, oh my god, something Star Wars. Like I just, that's I. <laughs> Thank you. But I'm like, now I'm like at the, the Star Wars buffet and I am so happy there's a Star Wars buffet. I'm not poo-pooing anything. It's just because, oh, if this came out on its own after Rise of Skywalker and this is the only Star Wars out there, but like, oh, okay, this is, let's, oh, oh, let's, oh there's another morsel. But because we're so, with so much, like, and it's great. Again, Lucasfilm, I know you're watching. Don't, I keep it coming. I'm not poo-pooing anything. I, I'm just saying, I'm not looking forward to this like I would, because I know, even I'm, I'm looking through our show notes, and I'm like, oh, Kenobi. You know what I mean? Like, it's like, okay, like, how do you, you're, how do you compete with yourself? Again, I'm going to watch every minute of everything they put out. I'm, you don't have to, you have all my money already. And that's, it's, it, and you, they have a constant revenue from my wallet to their wallet. And that's not going to stop. It's not me that has to. But I think there's going to be a lot of like-minded people like me going, so is this a Clone Wars thing or what's, you mean? It's a deep dive and it's kind of a stretch. Again. Yeah. I'm, 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 no, I'm with you there, Rob. I think that this, this isn't going to stop the traffic for me. I'll, I will see it. But as you said, the Obi-Wan Kenobi of it all, the Andor, that's the sort of thing that, you know, the Mando, the Book of Boba Fett, they're the things that that's the date I'll put in the calendar. But that, that, that could be our, again, me. that could be our age. If I was 15, when the Clone Wars movie came out, I might have a very, very different opinion about this. You know, I just, yeah, when I see, Oh, Kenobi. Oh, okay. There are people out our age watching this with their children, right? Of course. So this is, this is the gateway drug, the, the Clone Wars and this bad batch is going to be the gateway to get to onboard new Star Wars fans. But at the same time, I think it's it's territory being explored between you know the connective material between sagas or between trilogies mm-hmm. um, that they can dig in and, and mine for stories and explore these characters like the like the three characters we got on the show notes of uh, Fennec Shand, Admiral Tarkin, and Saw Gerrera. Yep. There, there are stories to be told there that set these that prop these characters up in their already existing roles. And I think that could be quite interesting when you see this stuff explored. Connor is trying chiming in here saying the beauty of the buffet is you don't have to like slash consume everything. And I a hundred percent agree with them. Like when resistance came out, it wasn't for me and that's okay. I don't have to go on the internet and scorch the earth. And, cause, mm. cause I, they didn't make something for 47 year old Rob Cass from Sudbury, <laughs> Ontario. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like it's it's okay. Like it, it that's a, yeah. Like it's again. I'm just saying if we're on this one thing, as we're as it's coming along the conveyor belt of Star Wars, I'm just I'm just like yeah. I of course I'm gonna watch it. Like that's it's, it's like you, yeah, you go to the like to the buffet and you're waiting for the cook to come out with the bin of yeah. dumplings, and instead the cook comes out and what's he got? Oh, it's the broccoli. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it, again, the Pad it, Batch, the yeah. broccoli of the Star Wars. <laughs> there you go. That's your tagline. There right it is. There. Yeah. Well, and again, if if Tim sat through four hours of Justice League twice, then I did that. Of course, I'm going to watch it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 
it's uh kyle do you what's your take on the bad batch here and then we got we got to get into this kenobi stuff because i agree with with everyone here the bad batch isn't my top sort of priority when it comes to to star wars i'm gonna watch it of course but it's this kenobi book of boba fett this live action universe that they're building inside of disney plus that that really gets me excited about the next steps for star wars yeah i almost feel like this show you know it's 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 a love letter almost to like the Clone Wars kids, that generation mm-hmm. of children who, who for their first intro to Star Wars was Clone Wars, and that is their thing. I showed my, my son the, the Bad Batch trailer, and I'm like, you excited, buddy? And he's like, eh. <laughs> but, you know, if I ask him, <laughs> your target if audience. I want him, yeah, really, he's, you know, this is like made for the boy, all the boys out there. Um, but I'm like, you want to go watch Mando for the 50th time? And he's like, let's go. Like, Mando's his guy. That's his thing. He loves Mando more than anything else in Star Wars, I think. But yeah, no, I, I, I like what you said before, Tim. And I also think there's maybe a little opportunity here for them to explore through the Bad Batch the, uh, the spark, the, the way the rebellion may form. There, we see that little interaction with, with Saw Gerrera and yeah. what is, has Saw linked up already with whoever is sort of, you know, what's Mon Mothma doing? Have, has she spoken to Saw Gerrera at this point? Um, is he the, the extremist that we've heard, heard him mentioned as? So I think through the Bad Batch, they can explore some of that very early uh, embryonic rebellion stuff. That, that, and that's important. That's, you know, that's valuable. Uh, that's that, interesting. So I, I wonder if, if Bad Batch has anything to do with early rebellion, which would be funny because, or, or somewhat ironic, that uh, a creation of the Empire or a, a Palpatine creation is a little bit of the thing that helps to bring him down eventually. Mm-hmm. So I wonder if they'll, they'll check out any of that ground in this series. But otherwise, uh, you know, the, the concept of these four or five soldiers, um, it's ridiculous to me anyway. It feels more, they feel like, what kind of mutation is I'm good at guns? Well, I, like, why don't they just make the whole army this? <laughs> right? Like, I, it's, 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 the whole idea of these four guys is silly to me, and well, I'm like, but I'm like, fine, I'll, I'll just go with it. This looks like it'll be fun. They have they have to explore in this at a, at a minimum. I don't want to spend too much more time on this. That maybe that they were purposely created, right? As opposed to being, I think they're it's either alluded or directly. There you go. Now you now you're hitting on now you now you have me directly. Like you can't be these things can't be an accident. Like it's like hey you know like tech this that the other thing big guy Rambo. It's like this why wouldn't we have just explored as a, as an empire or whatever you want to call or it? Or the A team. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. When why it, wouldn't we just, why wouldn't we just build the army of this? Cause we probably could have won the war, you know, well, years if you before. Go, <laughs> if you go back to the top screen grab, you've got Admiral Tarkin with a Kaminoan. Yeah. Cloner. So maybe they are exploring a way of strand casting these or just just clones. just to drop line saying like hey you know we screwed around with these guys and told you they're defective but actually we made them do you want more like yeah. something like that would be you know be the, kind of the imperial army is tons of different armor so why why can't something like the death troopers you know the the, the tall slender black guys why uh, armor why can't they be a specific type of clone still being used by the empire everyone else is enlisted but their special forces are all what the fallout from the bad batch mm. when they've selected the mutation they want and they find you. Yeah. And it, well, it's interesting. You mentioned Camino like. because I think this might bookend the story of the clones where, you know, the, the first thing we see in the trailer is Camino. Uh, and 
this show, as we maybe start decommissioning the clones, hopefully they show us some of that. That's so that's it. Like this is the encapsulation of the story of Camino and the cloning army and all that stuff. And then there's the, the story of this little kid named Omega as per the subtitles in the trailer, which has got some people really speculating. And, and there was this crazy screen grab that said, what if this little clone is the Palpatine clone that grows up to be Ray's dad, the hairstyle is the same, <laughs> you know, Palpatine was cloning at this time. And I always thought that for sure, this guy is doing something to try and further his, himself so what if that's a palpatine clone that they've gotten you know in the in the, you know the secret room that this kid is now out and also you know the name omega is you know the the last the final uh, tying that to yeah. the final order and uh, little things that fans are kind of stretching yeah, for <laughs> but we'll see i mean we'll see with that little omega kid what role uh this child plays in their story but uh yeah they've somebody out there got the wheels turning saying holy cow is that where this show is going to go is this going to do something to fix the sequels as well right <laughs> it's not it's not all so up to dave filoni and and uh and then john no, that's, that's a lot of heavy lifting yeah. doesn't it for dave <laughs> cool so when when does this hit? This is on May the fourth. Be with you, yeah. And then so that's that's a right Tuesday, or, yeah. That's a Tuesday, and then it will come out again three days later on a Friday, and then that will be its regular slot for the duration. Okay, right. May the fourth. Looking forward Absolutely. to it. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, all right. Moving on. Then we've got um, casting news for Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, this blew me away this week. Mm -hmm. I think I got this uh, image sent to us, uh, sent to me by our good friend uh, Matt Keegan. Sent this to me, and I said, "Is that is that real? This cast list because it only literally only just broken." And uh, wow, we are being spoiled. I think uh, I'd be interested to see what you guys think. What do we make of Tim? Can we start start with you? Get your thoughts on this crew. What do you think of this lineup? What we got to? We got a dozen. Mm -hmm. it's a Taxes. it's a big cast to be honest with you the first thing that jumps out to me when you see a cast like this a diverse cast like this as well is that obi-wan kenobi is not sticking around that hut for six to eight episodes of disney plus he's going to be all over the place they, they now they could be amazon delivery people it could be they because could then be. you can get <laughs> tattooing delivery service bringing out uh yeah yeah exactly <laughs> podcasting microphones and such yeah yeah so uber, kenobi. uber one but, kenobi but yeah, <laughs> no, and you look at some of the actors, O'Shea, O'Shea, O'Shea Jackson, sorry, um, the actor plays Han, we've got Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru coming back, and then you stretch it out to some Game of Thrones alums, and it, it's it's all over the place with this cast, but the first thing that sticks out to you is how diverse it is, um, and how big it is. So I love what we're seeing here. Not only are we going to get Obi-Wan Kenobi and Hayden Christensen in some, in some capacity back on screen together, but there is a clear line of sight to interaction with Uncle Owen and Brew. We've seen that in the comic books. Is there a young Luke Skywalker going to be cast? It's just not thrown up on this just to, to keep that as a surprise. Yeah, like this, this looks incredible what they're doing here. And the production scale of this, just based on this cast, looks like it's going to be enormous. You know, we all, I think, to be honest with you, when we, this was announced, I expected this to be a quieter and smaller TV show. But you look at this, I don't think it is. I think that we're going to see Obi-Wan Kenobi moving around lots, interacting with a lot of people, 
and really padding out that pre a new hope timeline with what is obi-wan kenobi doing how is he protecting luke but what's going on with the galaxy the rebellion the jedi all this like there's there's something big here i think this cast list speaks to that i would i would fully agree with that so shamefully i got this cast list i'm like that's a great looking cast and i mean that because they're all very good looking people i don't but i don't (laughs) outside of the star wars alum and and kumail nanjiani I don't know these people. I didn't watch Game of Thrones. So, you know, I look at uh, Rupert Friend and and O'Shea Jackson Jr. I don't know any of these guys from a hole in the wall. But mm-hmm. I see people freaking out. And I'm like, okay, you know, these guys obviously have chops and they have a following and people love them. I'm on board with every single person in this cast. Great. But I'm also intrigued by who's not on the list. Tim, you kind of alluded to it. Uh, there, there was no listing for a little nine-year-old boy. We know that's going to come to, into the show at some point. There's another big missing Is, one too. Where's Liam Neeson's name? Yeah. Right? Where's Frank Oz's name? They're, that's stuff that they're pulling back from us. 100%. Um, yeah. uh, Ahmed Best took himself out of the running. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I, do, them, I yeah. do believe him that he's not in it. But you know, Guy Henry, I think, is the name of the actor who portrayed Tarkin in Rogue One. I have a feeling he's going to be in this. In, on in, on some level, they're, they're leaving that for like they can't throw, especially the Qui Gon thing. That's going to be one of the like, they you know they those want moments. some of those heart stopping moments yeah. like we got in Mando season two. They probably want to replicate that. Exactly. They, that's part of the Star Wars formula with those character reveals and those big moments. It's the Marvel form. It's a Disney Plus form. It's that episodic nature of for watching sure. this. Is that you need to leave people yeah. almost every single week with something new to talk about? Oh, the, the reveal of Luke, the reveal of Qui Gon, the reveal, you know, yeah. on top of the Jimmy story. D- yeah. Dramatic yeah. Jimmy Smith, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah Jimmy, Jimmy Smith. Yeah. It'll be Mon It'll be Genevieve sure. O'Reilly. She's going to be in there. Yeah. Genevieve O'Reilly. Yeah, you'll get um, Ewan and and Liam connecting through the Force, mm-hmm. and of course. Yoda connecting with those characters through the forces as Obi-Wan starts to explore what he needs to pass on to the twins, certainly Luke. And, um, and I think almost for, for certain the connection between Hayden and Ewan is going to be what we saw in the Star Wars sequels when Ray and Kylo connected mm-hmm. so that they can share screen time. They have to do it right. You don't cast Hayden to walk around in the Vader suit and have some spurious type of, you know, Vader's out there, guys, but they never really interact. Like, there has to be no. some more fundamental co- connection between those two. And it's going to be interesting to play with that line from A New Hope. Well, I haven't felt this presence since. Yeah, since when, right? Darth? It's, 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 yeah. it's, it's not finished. Yeah. It's like since last week, since, you know, because you assume uh, since the last time they interacted in Revenge of the Sith. Since and eventually Star Wars where celebration. We come. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> But it's playing with that line. They can play, you know, fast and loose yeah. with that line because it is not finished in that movie. They will mine the ambiguities and they'll find yeah. a way to to ex, expand upon that. I think. Yeah. Uh, but it will be nice because you might get. Sorry, Rob. But you, you might get Hayden has the opportunity to shed the armor and project a residual self image of Anakin mm-hmm. to Obi Wan, so that we get to see Hayden and we get to see him explore more of the characterization of Anakin that he didn't get to do necessarily in the prequels. He was largely sort of mocked for what he did in the prequels. This is an opportunity for him to have a second bite of that cherry. Sorry, Rob, I cut you. Oh, yeah, no. Um, uh, Connor's making a nice point here. How many of the new casts are droids or aliens? Also a valid point. 
but they're very beautiful people. I can't imagine hiding. Yeah, you don't. You, you don't, don't want to hide to CGI them. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, also, too, do you think? Uh, again, I'm looking. This is Kenobi. I'm I'm sold again. If you're if this is like what's happening after after uh, Return of the Jedi, or before, or is it before New Hope? Like, what's it doesn't matter if it's in that. You mean like it's obviously not Return after Return of the Jedi, but like you know, what I mean like if it's in that OT area, I'm sold. That, but that's just, and again, I'm not being an ageist. It's, it's you know, it's, it hits, it hits the feels for me. So I think it's ten years, Rob. I think it's ten years after yeah. Sith. At all, that's, perfect. That's in the statement. Ten. I think. Yeah. ten. Like they yeah. pointedly say ten years after. Yeah. Well, that's what I was saying. But with the with the after Jedi's because of Mando, that's when it hits that spot. But do you? Now I'm I'm I'm. This is a, a moot point. Me asking this, but because of the success with the Mandalorian, unless not to us, but to the general public, a relatively unknown character, right? And it's massive success. It was like what the number one streaming show for a while. It like, dominated, like on, dominant. I, yeah. Um, now you have Kenobi. I'm quite sure there is conversations with Lucasfilm saying. Uh, Disney, do you mind if we have a f- just a couple more dollars just to get this thing going? And you mean like, and Disney's like, oh yeah, yeah, Star Wars, you've proven yourself in this in this streaming space. You know what I mean like it just seems like it's 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 we're gonna benefit from the success of oh the yeah, battle. you know. It just, I think we are gonna benefit across the board in streaming. Like it's yeah. it's definitely the new focal point for their business strategies across the board, whether it's HBO Max, Disney, whomever, right? Everything's getting gobbled up at this point. And I think what they're avoiding and trying to avoid is any sort of distinction between a streaming service show and a theatrical release. Like they have to be one in the same when it comes to quality. And so that means you have to dump a hundred million dollars into you know, a, a MCU production or $80 million into a Kenobi production because you, you can't, you can't have this be the typical or what we're used to. Oh, it's TV. So it's agency. Yeah, exa- exactly. Or yeah. It can't, it can't be that right. It's either you don't do it or you do it well. And you look at what they're talking mm-hmm. about Andor, it's on the scale of production of rogue one, like the costumes and the sets and the, the cast. And we're seeing that with Kenobi here. Look at this cast. This, this is a film cast. When you look yep. at this, right? This this isn't a, yeah, no, a TV show not. where they say, okay, we're going to, you know, maybe we'll cameo in this one person. You know, Nick Fury is going to show up or, or Saw Gerrera is going to show up, the Nick Fury of the Star Wars universe. This is this is everyone's <laughs> in it. Like everyone's in it. This is a film cast. This is It's going to be huge. And every time, you know, we saw this uh, uh, last week or a week or two weeks ago with uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier where uh, they announced, you know, largest opening to a streaming series ever. Well, of course, mm-hmm. like when Mando came out, your subscribers were here and now you're and, and but every, like all these people watched and now subscribers are here. So all these people are going to watch. And so every time they do this show, there's always going to be this escalation of greatest uh, biggest streaming drop ever. Well, of course, you have more subscribers every time. And so mm-hmm. as long as they keep this up, this cycle will continue. And I, I hope it's not a bubble that will burst. <laughs> I think it'll get to a saturation point where basically it's going to be about trying to fend off attrition from this or high amounts of attrition from these streaming services because there's like there are 100 million subscribers disney you know netflix is close to 200 so they have a 100 million person gap to build but at some point you're going to get to where it's just there's no more people unless you can get this you know streamed into china or streamed into 
you know, or, or you major or you tweak the business model. Yeah. So that at the moment, every every subscriber for Netflix, and I'm sure this is the sort of dollar that um, Disney Plus and Apple TV Plus are going after. Every subscriber represents a thousand dollars over their lifetime of subscription. That's the number they're looking for. Mm-hmm. If you can get that as your bread and butter, and then you can release event event movies something like Black Widow that's going to do day and date in streaming and you get to charge that premium VOD, then you get to sweeten the pot a little. You get that money that you want locked in through your yep. subscriptions and then you sweeten the pot with a with an upcharge. And I'm happy to pay an upcharge on, on event style of stuff. Like, oh, I know a lot of people, you know, I'm, I'm paying nine bucks a month for Disney Plus, you know? So I'm happy, yeah, look at, I'm happy look to pay 30 bucks well. for Black Widow. Look at what we're getting now yeah. with, with things like... Um, Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And I think that Obi-Wan Kenobi is going to fall firmly into this sort of footprint. You've got an event series that gives an, an actor or it gives the, the writers and the producers as well as the actors six hours to explore mm-hmm. their character, six hours to build something and develop something. With a movie, they're going to spend more money on it and they're going to get two hours to yeah. do that. And the plot will drown out whatever they try and do in terms of characterization. But now we've had two shows from Marvel on Disney streaming service. And you see the um, WandaVision, you get Wanda and Vision get to explore their characters at a leisurely pace and, at play, pace and take them into places they would never be given no. space to in a movie. Obi-Wan and, and Anakin might get that freedom in this series, freedom to explore those characters beyond anything they would have achieved in two hours breathing room. or even a trilogy of movies. Yeah. Breathing room, exactly. Yeah. And they, they've entered a weird space where you have a lot of people that are are feeling the pinch financially because of this pandemic, but they're looking at, hmm, do I want to have my Friday pizza or do I want to keep my streaming services throughout the month? You mean like, it's no, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not at work. Yeah, I'm watching my pennies, but these things are keeping me sane. Yeah. Netflix, Disney. So it's a weird luxury that people are having a hard time living without. It's like, it's the perfect storm for like, yeah, I'm going to let, okay, I'm going to stop buying my lattes every day just to make sure I can, I mean, like it's, it's, it's up. It's, it's amazing what it's doing because it's one of these, because you're sitting at, a lot of people are sitting at home. It's like, wow, I, I need this. You know, like it's, it's, it's crazy. And the other, if you're working from home, and if if you're not easily, if you can, you mean multitask, you can have Netflix playing in the background. I never do that, Rob. I never no, do that. I'm just that saying. In the UK. I can't, but you know. <laughs> uh, the other thing this this does as well, this what Favreau has done, and he's my personal hero, is he has been able to build. The technology he's yep. done the R and D with Matt the Mandalorian and build the technology to streamline the production of shows like this. What comes next is going to benefit from what the Mandalorian did, and that's very much the spirit of Star Wars. Mm-hmm. With what George did, the research at ILM, growing out of what was the the sprocket, whatever ILM was before it was ILM. George did that. He built the factory before they rolled one can of peas out. That was the that was the tagline, right? Now they're doing it again now 
for Disney Plus for streaming. Yeah, that, that was George's like thing. Three or four of those volumes, right? Like of those yeah. stages, like in different parts of the world. Which just speeds things yeah. up. Nah. And it allows them to stack productions well, on yeah, top of have, each other so that they're doing, simultaneously producing things. Yeah, it's like they have three productions going at once. And you can do your, potentially, you could do your reshoots inside of those. So you're Just not go to Galaxy's out. Edge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know, it's funny, yeah. you talk about George Lucas, the technology and progressing the, the medium of film production and movie making, that was his thing. That was, that, that's what drove him. Yeah. So to see him, you know, he doesn't yeah. show up. To the set of the sequels or at least we don't know he placed he gave ryan johnson a phone call but he's there with favreau and filoni and everybody else on the set of the mandalorian he's been there at least once that we know of he is i'm sure he is fascinated with what they're doing with with the volume and all of this new tech i'm sure i'm sure george now with the implement implementation of this new technology is sort of going god i wish there was somehow a way for me to undo what i've done yeah and i wish because i he would love think, i would i have no doubt you think he could no, come no, back no. do you think he might come no. back and tinker not not tinker with the ot in any way with that technology to go back and refine i think there's a i i leave the window open for a small chance that for the 50th anniversary of a new hope that they might consult with george on some level and give him the reins to hey george do you want one last chance to bring the ot's effects up to speed from the 97 editions you don't have to change anything else just modernize the look of the scenes that you did with jabba the hut with uh, do you want that opportunity he if he needs to replace harrison ford with alpacino that's <laughs> and this is the technology that <laughs> if, allows if him to mark godsiff can come back to the podcasting mike i i <laughs> i don't i you know I, there, anything there, can yeah. happen <laughs> There's, Matt there, Salvatore is jumping comparison. in here. Matt saying, uh, "Oh, hey, hey!" So, hi, Matt. Yeah, just reconnected with Matt this week. Hello, Matt. Yeah. So, uh, over on over on the Twitters. On the Twitters. Yeah. So that that this cast is amazing. The the faces that called themselves out to me were Kamal Nanjiani, mm -hmm. who I adore. What a fantastic comedian! I, I can't wait to see what what role he plays in this. And um, and Bonnie, is it? Pies, I've been calling her peace. Peace. Aunt Baru, she went through some stuff with Nixium. I don't know how familiar people are with uh, the fact that she was involved with, uh, I'm going to say cult Nixium, um, but she was very lucid. There's a documentary out that you can go and watch and follow her story. Amazing. I'm so thrilled to see her come back to the, the Star Wars family. So. Yeah, this is going to be good, I think. And it goes into production this month, right? Yes. I believe so, yeah. It, it may already be the month. in production. <laughs> there's there's a good chance it is. <laughs> yeah. In, uh, if you listen to rumors in junk tabloids, it's been shooting in Ireland for a year. But... <laughs> okay. Obi-Wan Kenobi, looking forward to it. I, I'm guessing we're going to see that at some point next year. Um, can, we, can we say that this show, just to close it out, this thing is universally agreed upon amongst all swaths of star wars fandom like everybody looks at this kenobi thing and goes yeah i'm i'm on board i'm in for this thing i think this is yeah. universally agreed upon that hayden's back ewan's back who would have thought that five years ago this is a thing that everybody is going to gobble up like i'm going to say right now there's zero chance this is going to be anything other than masterpiece essential star wars viewing Mm -hmm. 
Yep, yeah, totally I totally, agreed. totally agree. And it won't disappoint a single person and no one will have any criticisms of it whatsoever. <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah, sense no a bit kidding. of sarcasm there. Uh, uh, you think you're picking up on those subtle tones? Yes, yes. That's, that's, over, that's over 250 episodes of the Nerd Room picking up on people's visual I, and audio cues. I can't cues. sneak yes. anything from yes. uh, Matt Salvatore is chiming in saying, Cheers on the new show, Rob. I love what you're doing with this. This is not me. This was Mark's brainchild, Matt. <laughs> and I think. Well, We've been discussing offline here. We were going to talk about the Justice League. Are we going to are we going to put that aside? I think just, I think for, just based for on running timing long, and that, yeah, we're running that, long because it's oh. going to be a bigger conversation too. Well, then maybe what I can do is maybe I'll flex that plus on my I think so. SWC plus roundtable and Matthew, if, you're, if you're if you're watching me right now, then um, uh, DM me and we'll because uh, if you never heard. Mr. Salvatore wax poetic about the DC universe. <laughs> Here, Mark knows firsthand from well that, that oh, BVS yeah. episode you guys did. That if that didn't turn a lot that of people amazing. around on that movie, then you okay. Yeah. Well, then you can't be turned around. I, I will. I will say this right. Matthew sent Matthew connected with us through Talk Star Wars, mm-hmm. and when I kicked off a short-lived podcast, it was a lot of fun to do with my mate Paul. Um, it was called the Movie Club, and Matthew came on to discuss um, BVS, Batman versus Superman, and he did educate me on everything that was going on between the frames in that film because none of it was on screen, but Matthew had such insight mm-hmm. and spoke so eloquently and so intelligently about these characters and what was happening. I just wish that Snyder had the ability to put that on film and show us on screen. He did. In the in yeah. the Snyder Cup yeah. again. We're, we're, like, what what we'll do then? If, if, <laughs> you, you, guys, if you guys are okay hours. with it, um, Matthews, he's in. Okay, so now I'm just now I'm gonna go podcast somebody else. I just I don't know what's wrong with me. Are you leaving us? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Grass is always greener, Rob. Grass yeah, is I always just, greener. I just I don't think I would be. I would just love to to talk to Matt about this for one, and I don't think if we're worried about time. I can't get into this because no. There, uh, it, well, it, again, for, and that's for all the good and the bad points. I'm not no, it, just... this this thing was was big enough, epic enough, uh, both both as a real life phenomenon and and as a movie that it deserves its own conversation. It deserves not to just yeah. blitz through it. Yeah, exactly. I, and and it, for those wondering, I liked it. <laughs> <laughs> and for those wondering, and, I, I haven't seen. And it. for those not willing to sit down for the four hours. And I totally understand that. I get that, especially after what they, they put out in 2017. If you're worried about, I don't want to watch the same movie with extra time on it. The, the 2017 movie was almost like an MCU trailer. You know, when you're like, Oh, look at this, the Hulk running with the Avengers at the, in the infinity war. It's like, what? wait, no, he's not. Like, it's like, it's like, there's stuff that it, yes, there are similar scenes, but it's not the same. It's not, it's, you're not, it's spoiled. also two hours longer. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And, yeah. and you're not spoiled. That's what I'm saying. It's almost, like, I will say, I will say this. I, I, I enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Piecemeal it out. Do the parts thing. You can, yeah. it's consumable in that way. It's actually almost like six mini movies, the way that the individual parts as you go through character development, 
epic piece kind of battle sequence at the end. That's what I've been doing after the first binge. Yeah. Because That's now when I watch it, I can just, Ooh, I'm going to go back to that buffet and oh, look at that. <laughs> after six, I'm gonna... what's with the buffet? Have you not, Are you, you not, is, no, I'm really hungry. Is there a food so shortage in Sudbury? Do you need help, Rob? No, no, I, no, <laughs> I wish there was, I have, I have the COVID 15 or, <laughs> whatever is happening that's why i'm glad we're from the neck up like <laughs> <laughs> all right guys what are we going to wrap this episode up with then we've got one more thing on the show notes yeah I, I think we do a little bit of the falcon and winter soldier it is a friday here i've yet to see episode three but what? i i yeah it's you know kids man have it's, i seen something in the mcu that tim has you've seen three? Oh wow yeah, of course I, yeah, I, I, I haven't I, seen it yet but like, rain in no spoilers, Mr. Carl. Yeah, oh, yeah. rain of men, man. I, I, I kind of want to just touch on, you know, less about the details in that. We can, we can, that can also be a nice plus episode as well. But I, I almost want to touch more on the transition from WandaVision to this show. This show being much more of the familiar take in the MCU. We've got the action sequences, but we are focused on two characters that have played the sidekick role inside of the film universe. Now, WandaVision was visually, story-wise, and even character-wise, it was very different from what we've seen. And I absolutely loved it, Mark. I know you loved it as well. But what about what about Falcon Winter Soldier? First two episodes in, Highly anticipated, probably one of the most highly anticipated Disney Plus properties, at least of 2020 and now in 2021, of course, because of all the delays. But what's that transition like for you, Mark, specifically? And then we'll go to, to the other chaps here online as well, because we, we've been talking back and forth, and this has kind of really reinvigorated hmm. you, at least, I find, uh, in the DMs and talking about theory and, and crafting everything. So going from WandaVision to this, what's the transition like? Uh, the trend, well, the transition. I almost got whiplash for how different <laughs> the 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 shift in tone, not in quality, but in tone, mm-hmm. um, was marked. And I think, and the one thing I've noticed, certainly from my point of view, is that the my online chatter around Falcon and the Winter Soldier is almost non-existent. Yep. Whereas WandaVision, you couldn't shut me up in that group. I had so much fun; I was having a blast. <laughs> Um, and that, and that, I think, is really encouraging. And it's, and I mean that in no way as a criticism of Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Uh, I think it's encouraging that you can have these two projects drop almost back to back, maybe with a week in between, and have them be so tonally different, yeah. and have them do such different things. Wonder Vision was way more exper- experimental and and intensely fascinating, and that's why I think there was so much conversation online about it. Falcon and, and the Winter Soldier is much more of a a serialized um, storytelling, much more of a procedural. Yeah. And and I think that you know production values up there, the characters are up there, everything is superb, and it's really it's fascinating. And I leave every ep- episode satisfied that I've seen a fully rounded story. Mm-hmm. Whereas with WandaVision, there was so much for us to go away and yeah. speculate about and talk about because it not everything was spelled out. They're doing a different job here. They have to let you know what's going out in those three acts that you get every week. Yeah. And they're, and they're doing it really well. So tonally, the shift was marked, but the quality is, has been retained throughout. And, and I love it. I adore it. I can't wait to see where we go with this. Oh, yeah. There, there's so many underlying themes that they're playing with. And episode two, I thought, really brought to the forefront some of the, the social commentary that they're going to bring with this show. 
the first episode they they slightly veered away from it and threw some of it at the blip but this one specifically bringing in a character like isaiah bradley there's the scene on the street that they have with falcon and winter soldier there with the police they're bringing in some some serious commentary to this and i can appreciate this is what we were hoping for going into this there's a nick spencer run that that talks a lot about the idea of sam wilson becoming captain america and that not being accepted by a broad group of people in america because of his skin color and so i want them to to provide some of that commentary to this and i think they're going to get there and isaiah bradley is a very elegant bridge to use to bring that story full circle inside of the MCU, stretching back to the character that this show is essentially rooted in and is Captain America, both in that and the Super Soldier Serum, which has become kind of the pseudo-McGuffin, I believe, for this show. Kyle, man, how are you consuming this thing? And what are your thoughts on the story? I guess we'll throw a little episode on here or a spoiler just in case people haven't seen both of them, but I'm sure there's very few people I haven't seen both of them. Yeah, you're listening to the wrong show. You're in the wrong community. Come on, get on mm-hmm. that. Sanjay, come on, dude. <laughs> yeah, come on, brother. Nice <laughs> <Christ>. guy. <laughs> um, so, you, you know, I, I think, Tim, I was, I was on with you guys and I was saying, uh, going back to last year, saying Winter Soldier, Falcon Winter Soldier is my number one most anticipated Marvel project, including the big screen. And then mm-hmm. uh, at some point late in 2020, they said, oh, we're switching it up. We're going to start with WandaVision. And then get to Winter Soldier. I'm like, ah, come on, man! Like, I'll give me, I, I, I want, I want to follow that Cap storyline. And then One Division came, and boy, the bar just went so high. Mm-hmm. Just to piggy, piggyback on what Mark was saying, it was so different, so irreverent in the way they were approaching the story. But I was utterly captivated and blown away by what they did. And so, you know, it ended, and it it, it was it was. Just a wonderful story. We went, we went through and watched it again a second time uh, last week. But now getting into uh, to uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier, it's back to that sort of like Mark said, serialized storytelling. Where okay, this is it's it's pretty linear. We know what to expect. There's going to be a villain. There's going to be a twist. There's going to be your standard action set pieces. That's fine. That's the Marvel uh, formula recipe that has earned it billions of dollars. Um, but one thing, you know, and, and I love the story. I can't wait to see where it's going to go. Recently, I had a birthday, and my dear brother Chomp Rules, you know, being the the, the thoughtful lad that he is, with a Z, the- <laughs> <laughs> he goes out and picks me up a comic book from our our local comic book guy who is in Ontario. As, you know, that's not so local, but it is what it is. He comes back and he goes, "Hey, I got you a birthday present. Here it is." And he hands it to me, and it's this. Oof. Oh, nice. So those not, I, I didn't know I, this was, I was clueless about this. This is uh truth, red, white, and black issue one, part one of five. It is the, and that, that the, issue just went up in price. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So my brother was out there speculating going, ah, oh, what the hell? I'll roll the dice on this. He might show up in Falcon winter soldier. And lo and behold, a week later he does. <laughs> so I get a call Amazing. from Corey. He's like, yeah, did you watch a Falcon winter soldier? And uh, I just, I know it's burning him up that he just handed me this book. <laughs> it's burning him up. I know it. I know it, Corey. So yeah. So now you've got that and X-Wing Luke. Yes. Oh, it's it, it's right there. It's literally seven feet within arm's reach here. It's it's burning him up that I have this comic and I'm never giving it back to him. It's in no. beautiful shape. I'm going to send it out to get slabbed. It's going to be, a. it's the first appearance of Isaiah Bradley, who mm-hmm. I had not heard about until Corey gave me that book, you know, a week and a half ago. 
Amazing. Beautiful. Nice. I love it. I love it. Oh, that was just, yeah, that's me stoking myself yeah. here, but, um, and laughing at Corey, but, uh, yes, and we all enjoy <laughs> And I'm going to get a lifetime of enjoyment out of it yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, no, this story has been great. Great. I, I love it. Rob over to you. And for me, uh, a couple of things. I, I do like it. I, if, if you're a fan of winter soldier, this is right up obviously because of the characters aiming like, and that's, that's pretty obvious. And it's also going to become more so, as you guys move along so if you like winter soldier just this is this is a, this is fantastic and it's and it's not just because of the characters too it's the feel it's the movement it's the camera cinematography it's everything about it has that tone and winter soldier is one of the best mcu movies the um with uh, one thing about this so i don't understand how anthony mackie and sebastian stan can walk into places together and everybody carries on ordering coffees or wherever or ordering beers or whatever bars. And there's like two of the most handsome men on the planet walking. Like, again, I'm, I'm a happily married straight man, but even I can be like, Holy crap. Like what? <laughs> I mean, like Nobody well, notices these people. They, they have the, the, not in this at least, but you got to have what Captain America used to wear, the classic sunglasses and cap. Oh, yeah. On that, that totally that'll that'll melt, melts you into the background, right? Yeah, yeah. But they don't do that. It's like, Oh, there's Sebastian Stan. And, He's they, not. they do play with the concept with Falcon in particular on this that he is he's judged based on his what he looks like first, yep. and then as soon as people say, "Oh, he's the Falcon," they're like, "Oh yeah, oh, yeah you don't have to come to jail anymore." Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. well, maybe we maybe we can get you alone. You know, it's yeah, exactly it, it, it plays with that that celebrity mindset or that celebrity fandom that you do see around the world, really yes. that. People yeah, are judged, judged one way, and mm -hmm. then as soon as you find out who they are or what they are, it's like, oh, okay, yeah. yeah, now you can, you know. The criteria and, changes, the goalposts. And, yeah. and with this one, you will be, every episode, you pick up your phone and you go to Wiki and say, wait a second, that character, is he in, like you were saying with the comic there, you just had there, you know, Kyle, like, it's like, even in, this, in the third episode too, you're like, Oh, 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 like, and it's, if you're, <laughs> oh, I'll have what he's having. Um, <laughs> but if you're, it's just, it's, it's, it's a really, it's a delight. It just to see how, how they're doing it. And I, and I, I really genuinely enjoy the show. Wanda vision, which was, I'm kind of retitling Wanda's vision. It's cause that's what it was, right? You should made this universe. I mean, and that's just in my little head cannon. They, the first two episodes, I completely get what they were going for. I understand what the style and they're going after all these sitcoms and everything else. Except it was like, am I just watching a Dick Van Dyke show parody? Like it was like, and then until the end, there was like three seconds of, oh, no, you're in the MCU. Oh, oh, okay. Like it was, but they had the cachet of being Marvel going, oh, we know. Yeah, Rob wouldn't, if this was just a brand new show, like just this is an Amazon Prime new superhero movie, and we had no idea who these people were. You'd be like, "Oh, I'm out." Like it was just this is way too stylistic because there was no. But we because they have that Marvel. Oh, I'm invested in Wanda and Vision. You know what I mean? Like it was like I appreciate what they did, and I I love it as its entire package. But those first two episodes, they, I was hooked because it was like, "Oh, this is gonna get good." Like this is mm -hmm. like this is gonna. It's, I know, I didn't know where it was going, but I, Marvel has enough, um, they, they, they have enough credit with me where it's like, oh yeah, no, they can spend that 
credit. And I'll, I'll watch five hours of something and like, I'm knowing it's going to make a turn, you know? Well, this is the best place where they can spend those credits. Yes, exactly. You can't do this on film. Like you're never going to get a Scarlet Witch and vision film that lays out in this, this way, the PTSD and the troubles and this and that on these characters and developing these characters and actually progressing them both into very different spaces when we do eventually see them in a theatrical film again. But that's, and, and with Marvel, that's the, that's the beauty of what they did with WandaVision because it's like, I was like, I, 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 I like what they did stylistically. Like I understand what they did in the first two episodes, but after the whole thing, it's like, everything makes sense. Everything ties together. And now it's like, you're going to, you're going to actually trick me into watching those first two episodes again. It's the same thing with uh, Endgame. It's like, oh, I'm going to watch Dark World again? Like, it's <laughs> Marvel has this thing that they do. It just... It's called the Winter Soldier effect. Yes. Exactly. That term. <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. That they, they make something and they make the previous iterations of these characters or of the story, they make it relevant and better because they either retcon something yeah. or they've... They've taken a story thread, like a lot of Wanda stuff. They retconned a lot of the Age of Ultron stuff, and it makes all of that better because yeah. now you're seeing the in-betweens that you didn't get inside of the film. But when Star Wars or DC does it, just for two, it feels like they're fixing something. When Marvel does it, it feels intentional. And that's yeah. and again, I'm sure they're fixing it too. It just there's they they have a Marvel they, they really reacting gotta, to their they're reacting to their own stories. Stars and DC have a tendency to react to external factors. Exactly. Yeah. Like fan reception or direction or trying to emulate something that isn't their universe. I think DC is in a space now where they've found their footing, their foundation, and they can go with it. And they, they've created their own brand. All the knee-jerk stuff that happened with Man of Steel, with Batman vs. Superman, with Justice League was all external factors. We want an MCU. And they went through, okay, we'll start with the team of movie. That didn't work. Just bring the guy in that made Avengers and we'll try to make Justice League Avengers. That didn't work. No. And so this is all external stuff where Marvel is saying, you know, we have a story here and here's some ambiguities. Let's go in and tweak. We talked about it with Kenobi too. I think Star Wars is going to use that as well. That yeah. Let's chase the ambiguities in the stories and leverage those because those are the questions that people have asking for 50 years. <laughs> yeah. Right? And, 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 and that's what, and your question earlier, Tim, about the, the, the culture shock between WandaVision and and what and what I almost said Winter Soldier and Falcon and the Winter the Soldier. The title's way too long. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So uh, between those two, stylistically, Marvel has prepared me for that. When you watch Ant Man and the Wasp and Guardians of the Galaxy, or compare Winter Soldier with with you mean like a, a Captain Marvel, like they're it, they're all there, but they're not the same movies. Mm-hmm. You mean again? So it's like I'm not expecting this um rogue one like look it's like that's my star wars when they come up with something else it's like marvel can come up with whatever they want and it's we just we've been trained over the last 12 years now to to take it like and be like oh yeah we yeah it's this is not winter soldier this is not captain marvel this is truly it's truly a remarkable brand you look at where star wars was in 2015 it was in the same place where you could forgive it for anything right anything you put to screen it was going to gobble them They've lost a bit of that, but Marvel has continued that. You could literally put almost anything out there, and there's near universal praise. And again, with the with the first episode, especially of WandaVision, they did. 
Well, a lot, a, lot of people, a lot of people didn't like that first episode. Exactly. Of were like, was, eh, like, what is this? This doesn't make any sense. And it wasn't until like episode four or five. Exactly. And arguably, that's the biggest complaint. It was too long. You could have jammed a couple of those episodes together. Exactly. And did but, more of the transition. Mm, but out of all the universes. They were quite yeah, Marvel yeah, has Mar- Marvel has the cachet where they can be like, oh, we know Rob Gass is going to watch this. Yeah. Like we, but now like the, <laughs> the people that were complaining, I think you still get a bit of the maybe the first episode, two episodes should have been one. But at the end of the day, a lot of people forgave that because of exactly. the payoff at the end. Yes. yes. Didn't they? Did they drop on the same day? Yes, they did. One yes. and two. But that, yeah. but that was so they were designed to be yeah. binge and condition us to expect something new. But that was my point. If this was a new Amazon, we oh, yeah. don't know who these people are. A lot of people were like, eh, no, no. Anyway, so Marvel has, and again, rightfully so, has the has. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've earned they benefit of the doubt, and right. and. If yeah. you can convince people and prove that you have a plan, you have rope to play with. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, for, for better or worse, and, and this is a deeper conversation and we're trying to wrap up, but um, if people believe that Star Wars is rudderless and didn't have a plan for the sequels, that's going to dog you for a long time. Uh, and so Star Wars is getting back on track via Mando, via Kenobi and Andor that we believe are going to be cohesive pieces to the universe. Uh, but th- that's that's trust that has to be rebuilt for a lot of people. Marvel has not broken that trust yet, and we'll see what they see. We'll see if they ever do. But um, you know, people have given Kevin Feige, good lord, that guy has so much slack. He's god in his, status. In his <laughs> yeah, he's got well, so that, much uh, slack to play with that he 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 may never run out of rope. Um, uh, Matt's chiming in here saying, "Do you think Marvel will ever lose his goodwill?" No. No, I don't think because they 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 made up. They literally they whenever they drop the ball, they they it they pick it up and like when they fumble, the other team doesn't fall on the ball. I, I well, do think I do think they have a challenge ahead where they peaked so high with Endgame through those twenty one movies that came before it, and people fell so deeply in love with the you know the core Avengers that it's going to be hard to do to rebuild that and it's going it's this is obviously heading to some other event whether it's avengers 2.0 or whatever it is it's going to be tough to re and, you know losing uh, uh chadwick boseman really yeah, hurt in this awful. regard but they're gonna see they, a pivot there because of that how are they gonna get different actors as beloved and built into whatever this they just next did it is. with with wanda maximoff like she went from yeah. a character that only a few people love to now a character that everyone's clamoring to see what she's doing. And it's doing. by design. Yeah. That was by design as well. Her evolution was very much done, I think, mm-hmm. to set her up for Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Mag- Madness. Yeah. And that will set the stage for the next 20 movies. Yeah. Well, and, and, and we're 20 movies away from the next and, end game, right? And yeah. we, have, we have 21 movies. Have we all done a rewatch? Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. Yes. Why well, yes. get them looking multiple look, times? Yeah, exactly. And in all those multiple rewatches, like, hey, what franchise can get you to sit down and watch twenty-one movies? Now, again, not straight, but we do it over like every every year. You might start a rewatch, and it takes you a couple months to do it. And how many of them? How many of them do you skip? None. None. And, and they haven't touched Fantastic Four. They haven't touched X Men. Oh, that and is yeah. that is the key. That is the get out of jail free. If Shang-Chi and Eternals and if they fall flat or if they go through a run of movies that people are kind of like, yeah, they're fine, right? They're they're not the, the Marvel movies. It's like, 
okay, here's the X-Men, here's Fantastic Four. Yeah. You know, we'll re-up with Sony again. We'll bring you another Spider-Man movie. Like they have all of this, all of this clout is sitting back there that they're just going to slowly build to. And if they need mm. to, this is what Carl's has been saying for years. X-Men is their get out of jail free. It is, yeah. for sure. X-Men and the FF. Yeah. yeah. And they need to they need to pull off some of that heavy league casting. They need they need another Downey Jr. They, they need another Chris Evans. Yeah. They need those types of charismatic movie stars yeah. slot into those principal roles because they will inevitably be what carries the next. Well, r- related to that, Mark, what I hope they don't do, and it will be tough to avoid now that they're going into this multiverse stuff, they're going to have to avoid the temptation to bring those characters back. Yeah. And they're, they're bound to. They're, that, they're, that, that, to me, that would, I, to I would love to... I, uh, we, it goes without saying, we all love Chris Evans as Cap. We love Downey Jr. as Iron Man. I think at this point, it would be a shame if you're building uh, the profiles of, of Benedict Cumberbatch and uh, uh, Brie Larson and, and Shang-Chi and all these new characters that you're trying to build the profiles of so that they can be the next banner team. And you go, actually, multiverse, we need a new, we're, we're just bringing back Cap and Iron Man because well, that's, that's, that's it. They're the champs. That's your get out of jail free too. Like you have new franchises, but you have the ability to be like, well, we need to go back and, and do whatever and, and pull these characters back in in some meaningful way. And, and that's, the, you know, that comes around. The legacy around to, of them is always going to be there, right? Yeah. We I mean, still can't go watch a Spider Man movie without seeing an Iron Man suit. And you're not going to get through this show. You like Falcon Winter Soldier. You've, we've already seen Captain America and his heavy presence, even in the absence of Chris Evans, right? And so the legacy of those characters will carry on. It's as long as they don't shoot themselves in the foot and have those legacy characters shadow the new characters that they're trying to exactly bring up and make the pillars of these franchises. And to be honest with you, if you had asked me six months ago if Scarlet Witch was going to be a pillar of the MCU going forward, I would have said no. But now I think she is. Yeah. And they make they make it they make they have a character and a comic book like Thor work with with a Hawkeye in a movie like as as much it makes zero sense for them to be in the same universe but it's it's so watchable and so good mm-hmm. and it's a good thing we didn't waste all that time on Justice League yeah it is a really good thing. <laughs> dude I mean I've talked about that movie like at nauseum know, for I, I the last like month and a half <laughs> yes <laughs> but I do look forward to to hearing more from. It on the SWC Plus roundtable. Yes, roundtable. <laughs> cool, right. cool, fellas. Are we good to are we good to wrap so, this beast up? Because that was a lot of stuff yeah, we it waded through, and that's with chopping like twenty five percent of it off. Yeah, with the uh, Snyder <laughs> Cup chat. <so>. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. This, At least 50%. this has been. Yeah, this, yeah, it would have been fifty percent. This has been a lot of fun. I'm I'm glad we got to kick some of that stuff around. I'm I'm glad that. Um, what we found in this difficult year is an outlet for these studios to pour this glorious content mm-hmm. into us when we can't go to the theaters and watch it. And we, and we're still getting that sort of level of quality and it's, and it's stimulating such conversation that that group we belong to on Twitter, that, that Marvel conversation, mm-hmm. it's great. It's absolutely fantastic because it really starts to educate Somebody like me with huge gaps in knowledge about what's going on under the surface in this storytelling. Brilliant. Right, gentlemen, let's get out of here. Um, where can people find you guys between shows? And we'll get to the the official housekeeping in just a sec. Kyle, where can people find you? Um, easiest place to find me is on that that uh, that 
I don't even know the word for it anymore, but we'll just call it Twitter. And I'm at Tumbling Saber there. And uh, otherwise, you know, I'm, I'm in that closed Facebook group that I've set up and we have some fun in there. And uh, look for us on Tumbling Saber. We're coming back. Uh, I'll just say it this weekend. We are going to be back at the table. Awesome. And, um, so look for that in your podcast feed early next week. That's going to be back in the feed. We're talking about the galaxy far, far away. Amazing. Uh, My poor dog is an extra walk this week then. The show. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so looking forward to getting uh, Carlos and Corey back at the table and we'll, we'll you know, catch up. We're gonna, the first episode is going to be a catch up with the boys and see what we've been up to and kick around a couple of the news items that have come out. Uh, but we're going to, I want to take the podcast away from news a little bit uh, going forward as a focus. It's there's so many pods doing it uh, and I want to try and do a little something different. So news will still be a, a piece of the pod, but uh, hopefully not the focus of the pod going forward. So anyway, back on Tuesdays in, in your podcatcher and hope to see you guys there. Fantastic. Tim. Yeah. You can find everything that I do and we do as a podcast at the nerdroom.net. And you can find me at the NerdRM on Instagram and Twitter. That's where most of our communications and dialogue and all that is happening. We've had a lot of fun over the last couple of weeks talking about literally everything that has happened. Our last episode was a rundown of the DC media blitz that they just went through, throwing everything at us, including Black Adam, the Suicide Squad trailer, all this. So yeah, go check all that out. We've been having lots of fun. Myself and three co-hosts, Sanjay. Troy and Carlos, it's it's a time. We've been enjoying ourselves and hopefully you guys are enjoying it too. So that's where you can find us. Every Thursday, new Nerd Room episode comes out. Yeah, appointment listening. Yes. Indeed. Mr. Cast. I uh, I can be found at, at Robert M.M. Cast now. Uh, so check me out on Twitter and Instagram there and I, I implore you to check us out again. It's what I really like about this the community. I've loved having this chat rolling, scrolling by me. I, I, I know I haven't got to everybody in every comment, obviously, because just occupy the whole show, but, uh, it feels very, um, very talk star worthy back in the day when I used to listen to Mark and you have everybody chiming in as it's going along. It's, it's such a, a it's the community is what I like it, especially, I don't know if it's cause we've, I mean, we're, we're bringing the best of all of all our, all our personal shows are coming in and chiming in, you know, so it's, it's nice to have this, this community feeling back the old nights that are coming back to the round table. And, you know, it's, it, it I, I really enjoy it. So. Well, maybe if we can bring that group of people that are chatting now, yeah. bring them with us next time we record and we can focus a little bit more on what's going on in that chat. And, uh, and by all means, if you're still listening and you want to interact, then fire us email, fire us DMs on Twitter, and we can discuss whatever you throw our way. And if you're watching live, we'll be able to discuss it as we oh, go. Oh, I have, you know what? I have no problem putting those guys on the spot. Adam, Matt, uh, Connor, yep. send, send us a question, please, for next well, episode. I think, I think, I think Connor just won the day. <laughs> Con- Connor, Connor won the day. He's chiming in saying, the real Fantastic Four. Oh, oh Connor. Oh, he's so nice. so generous. Our community. <laughs> And we've replaced the grey tufts there with Kyle's grey tuff. He's not. He's not looking. He's little grey. <laughs> he's he's handlebar moustache. Um, yeah. So feel free to email us at showrunnerspodcast at gmail uh, If you want to head over and follow the show's official Twitter feed, it's at showrunnerspod on Twitter. 
Uh, and there's a link in our profile that gives you a landing page that's got all of our links there if you want to contact us individually. Um, you can leave the five-star review. This is going to remind a lot of people to talk. So you can, find a five, you can leave us a five-star review in iTunes on the SWC Plus feed. If you include Showrunners Podcast in your review, uh, we will read that out 100%. If, you, uh, if you're not putting hate speech in there, we yes. call that the Ron Burgundy Guarantee. Uh, someone did actually get me with the lyrics of a song at one point, so I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> I will pass that to one of my three esteemed co-hosts. Um, but take advantage of it. Keep it clean and have fun with it. Um, so as we've said, if you if you like uh, Daniel and you want to be more directly involved with the show, then fire us an email at showrunnerspodcast at gmail.com um, and we'll address that on the next podcast. In the meantime, guys, are we done? You got any final thoughts? I'm, Rob, I'm, just, happy. I'm, just, I'm just happy to be your Sue Storm. I'm, <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I just took that one. I didn't so, know. So, I, I, what am I? What am I? What am I? Johnny Storm? I can be. Me, oh great! So I'm the thing. <laughs> Look what happened. Why do I have to be the the nerd of the group? <laughs> yeah, You're yeah. the leader. We've already like, discussed yeah. the gray. The gray. That's nah, right. You got a real John Krasinski thing going on right. here. You're not, you're not too far behind me there, Tim. Uh, don't I can't, not, I can't believe they're more offended by being the same than Sue Storm. <laughs> oh, Come on. I wanted that. My power is I stretch. Come on. <laughs> Yet I'm yeah, so smart, stoked to get the You're the smartest man in the world. <laughs> And we've got the video on. We should get some of that stretch in action going on. No, that, that, that'd be no a totally different. That's project. a different video. Right. <laughs> Thank you again for listening, everybody. And thanks for joining in on the chat. If you've uh, been sitting along with us while we've been talking, we hope you will consider joining us next time and we can get a bit more of that involved in our conversation. That'll be great fun. Guys, you ready to get out of here? Yeah. Absolutely. Happy Easter. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah take care. of course. Thanks, everybody. Happy religious ceremonies, everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah.